Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. Well, hello, this is Terry Lynn, and I'm here filling in for Gary Kinneman, and he's on his way in, but he's not here yet. And so we're going to be talking about Hope Fest Phoenix today, and I just want to share with you that yesterday we had our walkthrough at Chasefield Stadium. That's with the entire team that puts together Hope Fest Phoenix. So we're talking about the uh, Phoenix Children's Hospital being there for the kids' health and safety zone. Goodwill was there with their career services and the clothing area that they do. We had the full dental team. We also had the full medical team. We had Jim Welter there who was um, overseeing all the different helping agencies that come and make sure they get placed where they need to be placed on the concourse. And it was just amazing. I'm guessing that there were probably about 50 people there. And, you know, as we were introducing ourselves and having conversation and preparing for that walkthrough, and this is a tradition that every year we do this walkthrough and everyone uh, gets a chance to explore and familiarize themselves with any changes we might have made in the layout, but then go to the areas where they, where they will be serving and really make sure all those last-minute details are taken care of. But So there we all were in this big, beautiful circle, and it feels like family. And it's that atmosphere of family, and we're in this together, and it's, you know, we say, and it's a Billy Thrall expression, but he would say it's all of the logos and none of the egos. And so that's how it is. You know, just we have amazing people who participate, and yet they come humbly, and they give their time and their resources because they care deeply about the people who come. And so with that heart, we are in preparation for Hope Fest Phoenix, which will be on Saturday, April 16th. And then just a little thing that we are kind of leaking out to the community because it's so amazing and special, but we don't want to be overwhelmed with people who come, is that this year we are actually doing a dental clinic on Friday as well. And as I'm sharing this information with you, Pastor Gary Kinneman just walked in. All right, so now that I've been terrified doing this... You just put that headset on and let's just go, okay? Uh, (laughs) You're doing just fine. (laughs) So I was just sharing, Gary, about Hope Fest Phoenix. Yesterday we had our walkthrough at Chasefield Stadium where we had all the different team leads come in and uh, prepare for the day and how humbling that is to see um, people giving of their time and resources. Um, It's all of the logos but none of the egos. So that was kind of a recap of what everyone has already heard. So how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing just great. I had a little traffic issue. Mm. You know, even this time of the day, man, trying to get off the freeway, not just getting on it. But anyway, this is Gary Kinnaman sitting in for Tom Brown, who just uh, left to get a hamburger, I think. Or... <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Tom, Tom is your regular host, and I do a little subbing for him, and he's just... He's just really, really nice to me. Tom is one of the, he is really one of the, just one of the good, really good guys. You know, you hear him on the radio, for those of you who listen with some regularity, and Tom is just exactly what you get. I mean, he's he's just as kind as he could possibly be. Our engineer, Bill, is just nodding, he's nodding his head off back there. And uh, and then Tom is also as uh, a God-minded man as I think I've I've known. Uh, he actually is part of a little prayer team that I have for what I do. 
And uh, again, my name is Gary Kinneman. Uh, I was a pastor in the East Valley for many, many years, and now I'm, I'm pastoring around. And uh, this is one of the things I do for fun. And we're going to be back here in just a minute. We're talking to Terry Lynn, whom we p- terrified putting her on, on the air live <laughs> the top, at the very top of the hour. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Talk about the biggest, greatest human services event in the history of Arizona. Once again, you're listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio, and I'm Gary Kinneman. I'm sitting in for Tom Brown. Tom is your regular host, and he's got a few of us that spell him a bit. And I'm here today talking with Terry Lynn Miller. Uh, Terry, uh, Terry Lynn and I have crossed paths a number of times and gotten to know each other pretty well the last year. Uh, Terry Lynn uh, is the lead uh, lead person for for CityServe Phoenix. Did I get that right? CityServe Arizona. CityServe Arizona. We're not just going to limit our ministry. No, no, no. Whole four state. and a half million people. We need seven million. There you go. Anyway, Terry, Terry Lynn uh, uh, is the lead person. Billy Thrall, he's been on the radio here a lot with Tom, and, mm-hmm. and he's told the story. Um, CityServe Arizona emerged. Uh, it was an, it's been an outgrowth of the Luis Palau event here in in Arizona about five years ago now? Is it five or six years? It was in 2010 and then into 2011. Yeah, so I'm pretty close, 2011. And uh, the person who was chairman of the campaign, Brett Edson, uh, he just had a very uh, wise approach to this. He he didn't want it to go away because these events cost an awful lot of money. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just seven figures. And uh, people have do- donated the money, and and of course the events lead. There are lots of people that are led to the Lord, and as a part of the event, they launched a, a season of service, and we had something like four to five hundred churches right. that participated in serving in the valley. And uh, Terry Lynn, were you part of that from the get go? Did you were you helping Billy back then? You know, I really wasn't. I actually was uh, still running. Um, we had a business up in northern Arizona, and we were busy running the business, and we kind of moved into the Phoenix area right after all of that was happening. Okay. We being you and your partner. No, no, My sweet hubby, Mick. (laughs) You know Mick. (laughs) Yes. So uh, anyway, you were in Flagstaff, and then uh, tell me, how how did you you end up getting involved? Was, uh, did you know Billy, or you met him subsequently? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting how God moves and leads. And yes. so, you know, here our business closes down. We're like, what are we going to do oh, now? Oh, yeah, it was a recession. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. I can forget. And so um, we, I, I ended up in Phoenix helping um, with my mom and my brother and my family. And in the midst of that, started going to Arizona Christian University. Oh, you did? I did. I actually was already commuting from Flagstaff. Oh, my gosh. So I just continued on. I really wanted to get a degree. You know, I needed to do something different because we didn't have a business anymore. Uh, 
and I met Stephanie Goss. Do you know Stephanie Goss? You know, I know the name, and if she's listening... Yeah, yeah. I, 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 somebody knows here. So Gary she, Kidman didn't remember who no, you were. No, okay. Sorry, I shouldn't put you on the spot like that. Anyhow, so Stephanie Goss, Goss was a classmate at Arizona Christian University, and she ended up being Billy Thrall's right-hand person in the launch okay, of well, that's, of Arizona. Okay, that's where I know her then. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so she heard a presentation I did at school where I was really talking about how we needed to serve together as a body of Christ and how we were very fragmented. And she thought to herself, oh, my, she has the right heart for CityServe Arizona, and God was leading her in new directions. So I don't know that you know this or not, but she began to groom me mm. for taking her place. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had no idea, but that's what she was doing. Yeah, well, it's wonderful. Did you, did you have to put a, a hold, put a hold on your education? No, I graduated from Arizona oh, Christian you did. University. I did. Oh, congratulations. And, uh, and it was over that. Congratulations, you know. Very graduation. Yeah, I yeah. get it. That's pretty good. <laughs> so. Bill is putting his finger in his mouth. You know what that means. Yeah, I was like, Whoa. anyway, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, so that's kind of the storyline, but it was something God was already stirring in my heart what CityServe is. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, d- I met uh, Jonathan Rowe in this random way. I won't go into that story. And I said to him, who in the world? is working on a database. Is there anyone that really knows what everybody's doing out there? And he said, you need to meet Billy Thrall and Ben Sanders. Mm-hmm. And that's how the journey began. Okay. And then uh, most recently, Billy's taken a position with the governor's office on youth and families. That's right. And um, he has, at least for now, we, we don't ever want to let him go. Right. And governors are come and go. This Bill, is true. Billy Thralls are here forever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, he's working with the governor's office and uh, helping with youth and families and has stepped aside from city, city serve. Mm-hmm. So is that your, are you carrying, are you carrying, are you carrying the ring to Morador now? Uh, yes, I, I guess you could put it that way. So I, I am the executive director of CityServe Arizona, and I take that very seriously. I feel very honored to have this opportunity to to move forward what Billy has worked on and and cares for so deeply. I mean, that was not an easy thing for him to... To make to that change. To make yeah. the change. Very hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't talk a lot about myself on, on these programs as, a, as an interviewer, but... Uh, Terry, I've gotten to know Terry recently, and she has a heart for many of the things for which I have a heart, a deep passion. And that's really to get the Christian community to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was a pastor of a large church in Mesa, Word of Grace, which is now Hillsong, Phoenix. And uh, I was there for 25 years. And while I was there, in the last probably 10 years I was there, I spent maybe as much as 50% of my time building bridges with other pastors, with other churches, with other religious communities. Uh, I mean, I, I've even had some friendship with the, the Bishop of Phoenix, and mm. he had asked me at one time uh, to arrange a meeting with some of the principal evangelical leaders, the pastors of the largest churches in Phoenix. And I, I just, uh, I've, I've worked, worked a little bit in the, in the governor's office. I, I served as, as a registered Republican. How does this happen? I served... Governor Napolitano as her chairman of the chairman of her Council on Faith and Community. Uh, we helped Governor Brewer start her Council on Faith and Community, and uh, and I, I I the church has lots of resources, but doesn't always know exactly what to do or even how to do it. They'll sit in the conference room and say, "Well, you know, we need to help our community," and then what should we do? And they say, "Well, let's let's paint the black wall down there." 
and in fact, there are all kinds of people. There are all kinds of worker bees and, and incredible people, both faith-based and what I like to call our faith-neutral right. people who are just serving in the community, doing God's work, maybe not even knowing they're doing God's work. And my goal has always been let's let's find out what God is doing. This is a Henry Blackaby thing, mm-hmm. and let's join it. Let's not try to figure out new stuff. Uh, because the people who are already doing wonderful things in every imaginable category of, so, of social services need help. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have the expertise and, and they need help. And so this is a little bit the story of HopeFest where you're gathering churches and volunteers from how many churches now, Terry? There's well over 100 churches that participate. Over 100 churches. Mm-hmm. And how many volunteers? It takes my breath away. So uh, around 2,000 total. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And everything from uh, dental care to haircuts to prayer tents, right? I don't know if you got into any of that stuff. A little bit. We were talking about the walkthrough, and so yeah. I, was, I was highlighting different areas of services that are being provided at Hope Fest. Yeah. They're just uh, how many different services? So there's 150 different um, helping agencies, oh as we call goodness. them, that are doing everything from uh, housing to career services to uh, um, things, services like HIV testing and pregnancy tests. Um, it's just legal services, tax preparation, it, anything you really need, honestly, just, to help straighten out your life in some way, to help get connected to a resource that's going to make things better, yeah. is there. It's wonderful. And, you know, they say, I, I've done some work with the veterans organizations here in Arizona, and I've got a friend. In fact, we're going to have him on the show here in the next month or so, Thomas Winkle, who works with his wife, uh, Nicola, and they have an organization called... Uh, the the Arizona Coalition of Military Families, and Thomas would tell you we really don't serve veterans because all the veteran services are available. The problem is people don't know they're there. Right. And people that help people don't know they're there. And so anytime we can have some kind of an event that brings people together around the common passion of, you know, let's love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all, all our soul and all our mind, uh, but also loving our neighbor, people come together around the need to serve others. Mm-hmm. But you can do that in so many different ways. And HopeFest provides those opportunities. Is there a website? There is. You can go to cityserveaz.com forward slash HopeFest. Or just cityserveaz.com and look for... Yes, search. I tell yeah. people, just explore. Yes. Just explore. There's tons of information on there, everything from how to sponsor, how to become a helping agency, places you can volunteer. There's a photo gallery. I mean, it's just... There's, Some videos too, right? Yeah, there's a video. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's lots of information on that one page. Yeah. So, uh, so if you are an agency, I mean, we look for sponsors, mm-hmm. uh, financial sponsors. Yes. Uh, and uh, but we want your agency, the name of your agency, up there uh, for people to see that that you're not just making money, that uh, you you see the value of uh, of making a contribution to our community. Mm-hmm. agencies, and we always need volunteers, and there's a place to volunteer. I mean, just uh, just to be a part of it is life-changing. T- tell a story of somebody whose who's life, you know, we love to say, this changes everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's like Ford comes out with a new truck, this changes everything. I don't think so. But there are times when people's lives are changed dramatically and completely in an experience like this, which becomes as much a, an opportunity to serve as it is an opportunity really to encounter God's presence. 
Right. You got some stories you could tell us? I do. And well, th- you're one person that's been changed, but go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, like as you say that, I was just thinking um, at that council meeting you were referring to earlier, um, there, um, Rick Knopf. Yes. Yeah, amazing man. Was, amazing man. Was chairing it. You know, you weren't at that one either, right? You should have been chairing it. See, and I filled in for you. It's, there's a pattern here. I don't know. I'm going to give you a little bit of a hard time. Yeah, well, sorry. You wouldn't be the first one. <laughs> so anyway. God gives me a hard time. But I had a chance um, to just share about Hope Fest to the, the group that was there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Rick shared a story that I had not heard before, but I thought it, it shows the way in which Hope Fest impacts everybody. So there was a gentleman who had been a reporter at one point in time, very successful, and had hit rock bottom and had become homeless. Mm. And so he, uh, through his connection with Rick Knopf, was going to be doing some interviewing of the guests that come to Hope Fest. But instead of doing that, he really wanted to talk to the volunteers. Uh-huh. And what was so amazing, as Rick shared it, was that at volunteer after volunteer after volunteer was sharing how their life had been radically changed because they had served at Hope Fest Phoenix. Wow. Yeah, it was. And um, that's the power of Hope Fest Phoenix, not just for the guests, but for those who are serving. It's fantastic. You know, I I love to say that, you know, we want to fix, we want to get fixed, we want our lives to change, and we work really hard on it, kind of we work inward. But the way God has created us is that we actually change when we lay down our lives for Mm -hmm. others. That's true. Uh, More on this when we get back. We're talking about the greatest social service event in the history of Arizona. And why doesn't the news media pick up on this? We're going to talk a little bit about that. This is Gary Kinneman sitting in for Tom Brown on Koinonia, and you're listening to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio. Um, we're talking with Terry Lynn Miller, who is the executive director of CityServe Arizona, and also that, that the biggest thing that they do is Hope Fest, which involves some 2,000 volunteers in every imaginable uh, avenue of social services and uh, many agencies and organizations and sponsors from from the uh, corporate community, and uh, just we were just talking for a couple of minutes. I'm I'm learning more about it. I know a lot about it, and I always talk about how great it is. But I was sitting here talking. We were sitting here talking at the break, and oh my goodness, there's just so much that gets done, and yet there's so much that needs to be done. So I, I left you with this little um, teaser. Uh, you know, this has been going on. This is the sixth year now. Five. Five years. Our fifth year. And uh, up to this point, you, this thing happens. Bank one ballpark, 20,000 people are serviced. And you don't see anything on any of the television news programs. You don't see anything in the Arizona Republic. Nothing. It's just silence. Mm. And, uh, you know, so where has the media been, Terry, Lynn, and mm-hmm. where are they this year? All right. So, you know... 
there's there's always been a little bit of hesitation, so we're not being too hard on the media to to really have them come for a couple reasons. One is that we didn't want to be have so many people come that we couldn't serve them, right? So that was something that we were considering, and then we really wanted to shape the message about how the community understood what Hope Fest really was, because as followers of Christ, it's really of an expression of love. That yes. we're there serving, right? Yes. Um, but we partner with the whole of the community, so then we have to honor the community around us that may or may not know or love Jesus the way we do. So it's that always that little tension between in that. And so this year, we you know we began to realize that it was really important that we were the the community needed to know about Hope Fest Phoenix. Like it was, we were doing a disfavor to the community uh-huh. by not um, having it be something everyone knew about. And God provided this year so graciously an actual PR team, marketing person, and social media. And I have watched in awe and wonder what professionals can do. And this was a gift to us, the services they're providing. Mm -hmm. But they actually are helping us shape the message Mm -hmm. so that there's talking points. I'm like, wow, there's talking points. And we already know who they're going to talk to and where they're going to go through the Mm -hmm. venues so that we have this beautiful opportunity and blessing to shape the message of Hope Fest Uh Phoenix to the community. So this year, Gary... We're actually going to have all that media that you've been saying. Where are they? They're coming in mass. Okay, oh, that's great. That's great. Pray, but they're not going to. We're not going to, in a sense, let them shape the message. It's not going to be their story. It's going to be our to- our story, and that's yes. what's going to be told. Yes, is yeah. that that's beautiful? That's beautiful. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful. And uh, you were saying, you know, that uh, you're really kind of looking for a. Uh, what, what, what's the term you, you use? Presenting, presenting sponsor. Presenting sponsor. Yes. It's kind of like the big dog of all the sponsors. Yeah. And uh, how, how wonderful that would be if it could be some coalition of local churches. Because uh, as I was saying before the break, the churches want to know what to do in the community, try to figure it out on their own, and then they, they discover God's doing things sometimes through people that they wouldn't necessarily work with. Mm. And then they join that. I, I take... I take special joy in, in, in things like Hope Fest, which is really an exception to the rule. That's, the church is the spearhead of this. Yes. The church is taking the lead. Mm-hmm. And you have all kinds of actually not faith-neutral, secular organizations, yes. uh, doctors and dentists and, and people who are just coming around this, and, and the people of God are actually taking the lead. Mm-hmm. I, I hope this is part of the narrative that's told. Yes. Yeah. No, um, that's the beauty. And, and as we want the culture around us to understand that the church is relevant, it takes us serving. That is, and I'm, I've learned most of what I've learned through you and Billy Thrall and Ben Sanders and others, okay? And so I'm just saying what you already say, but that's, that's how the community comes to know Jesus is by the way in which we serve. And serving is that common denominator that we can all agree mm-hmm. on. When we have a state in crisis, then if we serve together mm-hmm. and we lead it mm-hmm. as the body of Christ, doors are open for us and we cannot miss this opportunity to walk through those doors yes. and to serve and to say we are relevant and God is relevant and yes. we love you unconditionally. Yeah. You know my uh my son David, you, I think you know, a lot of people some some of the folks listening may know of him. Uh he is the president of the Barna group and uh they've done a lot of research on religious uh, trends and you know he he's written a couple of books and people who are outside of our circle say we're we're too political, uh, you know. We're we're too 
not just uh, spiritually conservative, but but politically conservative. Uh, we are more against things and we're for mm-hmm. things. We we tend to be per, uh, perceived as as uh, uh, hypocritical and uh, and uh, you know just um, judgmental. And the fact is that when when we serve in the community, we show a different side. That's right, and it's a side that the community needs to see it's because the it's the true side. Yes. Uh, and what makes it especially powerful is when we serve together. That is when it's amazing. Do you know yes. that when the when the body of Christ serves together, God blesses that in amazing ways. I mean, he loves that. He likes it when its kids get along, right? Mm-hmm. And so you see amazing things birthed from that. Yeah. So I I've I've come to believe that that is like the key point. Yes. To whether or not we truly begin to make a difference in the kingdom is when we figure out how to work together, and uh, and that's that's the that's really the message of John seventeen. Yes, where Jesus prays, uh, he's praying this long chapter long prayer. The Lord's prayer is just like twenty seconds, thirty seconds. He prays this long prayer in the upper room the night he's arrested, and he's praying at the core of the message is for his disciples, his followers, to be one with each other in the same way that Jesus is one with the Father. We're talking about eternal, transcendent, Trinitarian unity, the unity of the persons of the Trinity as one God. Mm. Not just three gods, but one God. You know, the unity is in some ways incomprehensible. And Jesus is praying for us to be one as he and the Father are one. Mm. And then it's that the world may know. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And, uh, you know, you mentioned God wants his children to get along. Uh, how many kids do you have? Um, I actually have six. Yeah, oh, that's, so we're blended family. Blended so I have fam- four boys, yes. and then Mick has a son and daughter, and so I, I had, that's how I got the daughter. So yes. I have five sons and a daughter. Oh, boy. And I got three kids and, and nine grandkids now. And there's nothing more... Uh, wondrous in a family than when all the kids get along. I was just with my daughter and her family, my son, my youngest son and his family for the Easter holidays for, for Easter week back on the East Coast. Uh, my uh, youngest son is in the Navy. And uh, I can tell you a couple things about families. When they're all getting along, it's fantastic. It is beautiful. There's nothing better. And really. when they're not, it is so painful <laughs> to see the kids, my, my daughter's four kids fighting with each other. <laughs> Or, you know, uh, there was some tension between my daughter and my son, and it just breaks my heart. And, you know, this we can just project this on God. Right. So are kids different? Oh, my goodness. They hate each other when they're, you know, when they're like 10, 12, 13 years old. And, and you know, you love all of them. And, and, and this is what God sees in, in the community. They're all ki- there are all kinds of differences in the Christian community, Protestant, Catholic, uh, different kinds of Protestants. Tongues, tongues talking Protestants, tongues talking people who don't want to be called Protestants, uh, non tongues talking people, and you get all these these people don't want to have anything to do with each other, mm-hmm. but there's their love for God and serving others are two things that bring us together that the world may know that our differences are not as important as things that we share in common. Mm, amen to that. Yeah, remember I shared earlier that everything I've learned, I've learned from people like you and Billy and and others, you know, and it it resonates within our hearts when we hear it. 
Yeah. I'm sure that there's listeners out there that it's resonating in their hearts that this really matters. And so that's kind of the why of Hope Fest Phoenix in so many ways. Like, why a big event? Well, because when we serve, the community gets to encounter the love of Jesus. Yes. You asked me earlier about stories. I think one of the most powerful stories was the very first year that we did Hope Fest. And um, Chase Field, you know, staffing, was really worried about this charitable event they were going to do there. Like, what are we, like, they were scared. Very strict. And at the end of the day, they were, like, ecstatic, happy, joyous, can't wait to do it next year. And they would say, we've had events with 5,000 people that have, like, trashed the place, right? Like, really hard, we're worn out at the end. And he goes, you had 15,000 here, and it is our, our cleaning people couldn't stay ahead of you. Like, they didn't clean up anything because all your volunteers kept the place spotless. It was happy. It was joyous. We've never seen anything like this. Mm. Well, the answer to that was they just encountered the love of Jesus. <laughs> and uh, and so it That's opened great. the door wide open for us to continue yeah. to come back every year. And they are so amazingly yes. gracious, at, gracious at Chase Field for us. You know, it reminds me of a story of the, of the I don't know, Million Man March that Promise Keepers had in Washington. You know, who are all these... These scary fundamentalists coming to take take over America, and uh, people commented that there had never been uh, there had been few, if any, demonstrations, gatherings, rallies that large. And and when everybody walked away, there was no trash. It was spotless. There was no trash. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not that we have to say, well, now pick up your trash. You know, it's just. My my uh, my kids went to Biola University, and all the employers within a five mile radius of Biola University wanted to hire Biola students because they would be trusted. Right. They worked hard. They came to work on time. And uh, you know, you say, well, there's all this. You know, all, all this stuff is said about Christians. You know, and there are issues among churches, and we have divisions, and people are legalistic and they're religious. But when it really comes to life itself, there's something there that that changes people's lives. Mm-hmm. So much so that they just pick up the trash, right? With no one saying anything, they just kind of do it. It's like a knee-jerk reaction. They're I just... never preached a sermon in 25 <laughs> years at a mega church on picking up your trash. <laughs> um, it makes a difference, but it makes a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're talking with Terry Miller, and we're talking about uh, Hope Fest, which is the great, the biggest social services event in the history of Maricopa County, uh, in the history of, of Arizona. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, some other things that we're doing together. When we come back, thank you so much for listening. Hope you find it interesting, encouraging, provocative. (laughs) Come back. Yeah, yeah. Makes me feel like a rock star when I hear that music, you know. I used to play the guitar. I could play Blowing in the Wind, you know. Three chords, C, F, and G. Anyway, um, we're here. This is um, this is Faith Talk Radio. We're uh, sitting in for Tom Brown. I'm Gary Kinneman, one of his sub-hosts. 
And we're talking with Terry Lynn Miller about HoFest, which is... And what, what's the date it's coming up? April Fest. 16th. April 16th. It's a, de- a Saturday at Bank One. A huge Bank One. It's a Chase Field now. That shows you my age. <laughs> um, you know you're old when you hear the Diamondbacks talking about getting uh, stadium upgrades. <laughs> I remember when they built... Uh, it was Bank One Ballpark. We were building our 2,000-seat worship center in the East Valley, and we're having a hard time getting steel workers because mm-hmm. they were all down here building this fabulous state-of-the-art stadium. 20 years later, they have, all the sports team wants, teams want new stadiums now. But anyway, um, Hope Fest is held at the baseball stadium. It's an annual event. This is uh, year five, and it services some 20,000 people who have unique needs in just an array. You said 140 different kind of points of connection for yeah. services in the community. 140 plus, yep. 140 mm-hmm. plus and 2,000 volunteers. And uh, one of the things that I personally have worked with uh, Terry Lynn on is uh, the idea of turning this into um, a, a really kind of a, 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 a real spiritual journey as well. And uh, why don't you tell that story a little bit, and then I'll fill in some of the details mm, from yes, your perspective. From my perspective. My perspective was I really sensed that God was saying that um, CityServe had to have prayer interwoven through it mm. in a more intentional way. And I shared that with you. And your eyes just lit up because little did I know you were very involved with American Bible Society, and you can share more of that, mm-hmm. um, but that you had a, a vehicle, a way in which of bringing this scripture prayer journey to Hope Fest Phoenix and came up with this amazing idea of how we could do that, which was the 14-day scripture prayer journey that begins on April 2nd. But that was a direct answer to prayer and something that I just am like, wow, God is so amazing. He gives you direction, like you need more prayer. And then he's like, and here's how you're going to do it, by the way. And it's going to be amazing with this unbelievable organization. You know, I I liken it a little bit to the Lent season. Mm -hmm. I mean... You're having a Resurrection Sunday. It's a big event. And so many, uh, so many of, of the non-traditional churches uh, you know, around us, uh, Lent is, is considered uh, traditional, too traditional. It, that's Catholic. Uh, I was raised a Lutheran, and the Lutherans started the Reformation. Martin Luther started the Protestant Reformation. And uh, Lutheran churches continue to celebrate Lent, the idea that you take 50 days prior to Easter— to prepare your heart for the celebration of the greatest event in human history. Mm. And so the idea is you got 14 days, and it's a daily scripture and prayer journey with scriptures that, that are focused on serving others. Right. And it comes to you on your, on your phone mm-hmm. every day. Uh, it pops up on your phone. It gives you an opportunity to focus. And so you have all, hopefully most, if not all, of these volunteers actually praying together for God. God's blessing and for success and uh, praying together around the same scriptures, uh, it it just takes everything, I think, to a new level. Mm. It just picture this concert of prayer across the valley as we pray in unity, the body of Christ, for the guests who come, for the hosts who serve, and that God would just really stir in us that heart of service, his heart for service, how we love well, and that not only will this scripture prayer journey prepare hearts for Hope Fest Phoenix, but then it's followed up by a 40-day scripture prayer journey on Nehemiah, mm. which really I'm hoping with all my heart, I know it's your desire as well, that we continue to kind of breathe life, um, blow wind into the sails 
of this concept that we must serve outside the walls, we must serve with a loving heart, and we must be known for that in the community. And I'm hoping that that plants deeper seeds. The book of Nehemiah, it says so many things, but uh, two words in Nehemiah, just uh, just when I think of Nehemiah, I think of two words, burnt stones. Mm. Do you know those two words? Jeremiah was asked to rebuild the city. I'm sorry, Nehemiah was asked to rebuild the city of Jerusalem with burnt stones. Mm. And, you know, you have rubble, and God takes this rubble and builds a, builds a dwelling place for his presence. And uh, wow. so <laughs> burnt stones, who isn't a burnt stone? That's just what I was thinking. That is like perfect, you know? <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, there's this Burning Man ceremony every year in the desert in Nevada. It's really weird. Well, we could call this the Burnt Stones event, uh, where people are... I don't know, Gary. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, right. We have a chance to explain to them. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so anyway, th- this scripture journey, now, w- w- there's a link. There is. And so you can either do it from your cell phone, which would be to um, text the numbers 72717. 72. Seven one seven, or yeah, and then text the word Hope Fest. Hope so Fest seven two seven one seven seven two seven two seven one seven. Okay, seven two seven one seven, and then to the words Hope, hope Fest. Fest. Yeah, you can do it on your phone. Yeah, okay, it's that one. That was rough. Okay, and then the other one, if you want to get emails, is ABS for American Bible Society ABS dot US slash Hope Fest. That's easy. That one was really ABS. Easy. Dot US, dot US slash hope fest. fest. And um, all the, all they need is your email if you do it from your if you do it from the computer. If you do it from your phone, it just automatically goes to your phone. You just put in that information. But we really invite you to participate with us in this time of prayer. And my heart is that we truly have a concert of prayer throughout the community that yes. that the body, whether you're serving or not serving, that you would just pray. Pray that God does amazing things and that he transforms lives that day at Hope Fest Phoenix. Yes. Um, hi, uh, Terry said, I, I'm doing some work with the American Bible Society. Uh, really, it's a significant work. They are celebrating their bicentennial in May. They're 200 years old. Mm-hmm. They've been in the ministry business of publishing and distributing Bibles. Um, they are a leader in the International Bible Society movement. They're hosting a huge international uh, convocation in May in connection with their 200th anniversary. And for the United States, uh, we have more Bibles than we know what to do with. You have every imaginable Bible on your phone in every imaginable language, all kinds of resources, study tools. But the the sad story is that, according to national studies, Bible engagement in the United States is in decline. Uh, The Barna Group, uh, which uh, some of you may be familiar with, does uh, nationwide research on religious trends. Um, they have uh, done some specific targeted studies for American Bible Society. You could look at what they've done. They have a study called State of the Bible. If you Google State of the Bible, American Bible Society, you'll see it. It's a 75-page PDF. But just to break it down, they have four categories for Americans uh, regarding Scripture. Skeptical, indifferent, friendly, and engaged. And people who are engaged are people who are actually 
engaged in scripture at least four times a week on a personal level. And for the first time ever, they've been doing this study for five years, for the first time ever, there are now more people in America skeptical about the Bible than there are people who are engaged in the Bible. Mm. Skeptics have gone from 10% to over 20% in the last five years. And engaged has gone from like 21, 22% down to 19% in just five years. It is, uh, it's tumultuous. And mm. this especially affects the younger generation. And so what we want to do is uh, American Bible Society has decided to partner with three cities as kind of test markets, New York, Philadelphia, and Phoenix, to partner with what God's doing in Phoenix, to come alongside what God's doing, and to provide scripture resources. So you have a wonderful event like Hope Fest, and these are people who love God and probably have Bibles at home and on their phones, but now we're, we're actually moving the needle forward in terms of Bible engagement for all these people. And we hope that new people will become involved and will catch catch the Bible in engagement virus. You know, mm-hmm. just we'll start, uh, we'll, we'll see the value of it and, and we'll begin to form a habit of Bible engagement in their own life. Phoenix, uh, sad to say, of the 100 largest media markets in America, Phoenix is in the bottom 10 when it comes to Bible engagement. Hmm. We're number 92. We're in the bottom 10 with Las Vegas, with San Francisco, with New York City, and other Bible, Bible desolate cities. So this is a way uh, to begin to, to see the Bible, the God's Word, be introduced in every kind of partnership and coalition. I'm, I'm talking with I'm, I'm having amazing conversations with the Catholic Diocese here in Phoenix about mm-hmm. that. Uh, we're talking with denominations, uh, leaders of denominations, church movements, organizational movements. I'm uh, helping uh, my dear friend Jose Gonzalez, mm-hmm. whom Terry knows, and uh, he, is, he has spearheaded a law enforcement and firefighters breakfast. Last year it was the first year ever. Over 400 people attended. The governor was there, uh, Maricopa County attorney, uh, uh, Bill, um, what's his last name? Montgomery, thank you very much, Bill Montgomery. He's maybe been on your show. We should have him on the show. Uh, He's a very committed Christian. And they had over 400 people this year. They're expecting maybe 800 to 1,000 at the Phoenix Convention Center. And you know what we want to do? Introduce Bible journeys. Yeah. So, and they're unique Bible journeys because they're not... They're, they're, they're designed, we need to design them in a, such a way that fit the unique challenges of your life. Right. Uh, Jesus had seven letters for seven churches in the book of Revelation, and each church had a unique context and a unique word from God for that context. And that's what we're doing for Hope Fest. Well, and you know, as I was listening to you, I thought that's such great information. And um, I just again, go back to that. Imagine, just imagine that as these scripture journeys take shape for whether it's the the prayer breakfast you were just describing or it's Hope Fest or whatever that is, we have a concert of prayer happening. Everyone's praying in unity, unity together. Yes. That's powerful. Think how often that really happens that we're all praying together. Yes. Think what God will do with that. Amen, sister. Revival time (laughs) at Faith Talk Radio here on the fifth floor of the Esplanade, building number something, one or two or three, in Phoenix, Arizona. 
coming to you live right now. And we'll be back in just a few moments to pray with you and for you. Back to our show today. This is Faith Talk Radio 1360, and I'm Gary Kinneman sitting in for Tom Brown. Good Tom Brown. There's none better. Uh, and uh, yes, and I've been talking today with uh, Terry Lynn Miller about Hope Fest, which is an absolutely amazing, incredible, historic human services event. But it's not just a blast for a single day, even though. There certainly is a big explosion with 20,000 people showing up. Uh, but <clears throat> it, it's about really, it's about bringing people together, Christian spearheading this, being a catalyst for unity and serving together and making a difference and connecting people at Hope Fest, not just with someone who can cut their hair, but with friends and friends in, in multiple agencies and organizations who can help them walk through and out of some of the things there that they're go. facing. That's exactly it. Uh, talk about that just a little bit more, and then we're going to uh, maybe, and maybe you have a scripture. Maybe you'd like to preach a little bit to this, mm. oh, hopefully, at least marginally religious audience. <laughs> no, I do. Where do I begin? Um, definitely the heart behind Hope Fest is the body of Christ serving, but we're wanting to see lives transformed. And that means that we connect them to those resources that will help transition them from where they're at mm-hmm. to where they hope to be. And, you know, ideally that's a place of, um, at some point in time, knowing Jesus as well, Mm -hmm. but that we entrust to God to continue to walk with them in that journey. Mm -hmm. Um, The scripture verse is 1 John 3, 16 through 18, Mm -hmm. and I can't quote it for you, but um, you can look it up, but it is the whole... 1 John 3, You're going to get it? Okay. Yeah, I'll look it up, but, I, but go ahead. Yeah. So it's the reason Hope Fest Phoenix exists today, because the very first year, three months out, we realized that we didn't have the funding that we thought. And so there was this crying and weeping and this, this scripture that led us to take a radical leap of faith and give it all we had and go ahead and move forward with the very first Hope Fest Phoenix. Mm. That it still sits on my desk. It's a laminated card that Jim Welter put together mm. for us. And I look at it, and I'm always reminded that that is the heart behind mm-hmm. Hope Fest Phoenix, and that's why it exists today. And the scripture reads, oh, we just have only time, actually. First John three sixteen through 18, we have time to say, God bless you and fill your life with his love. 